Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Scott. I'm Shatay, and we're the Hazes. Welcome to the Love Haze Podcast, where we believe that healing and wholeness are not just destinations. That's right. We believe they're a journey. And here on the Love Haze, we talk about how to navigate through that thing, y'all. That's right. And today, we're going to talk about the stories that we tell ourselves. Mm. Um, we're going to take a look at how our perceptions mm-hmm. can take us well off our own path and talk about how it ultimately impacts the relationship that we have with our people. That part. We're going to take some time, dissect that thing today, and just get to it. Welcome back to our Black Love journey. Mm-hmm. Let's get right into it. Let's go. So tell me about where this idea came from for this particular episode. What has you thinking about the stories that we tell ourselves? It comes up often in our conversations like mm-hmm. if you listen to some of the topics we'll be like um we need to talk about the stories that we tell ourselves right and mm-hmm. so we finally just gonna sit down and unpack 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 <laughs> the stories that we tell ourselves and so not only does it come up often it's like such a through line in our interactions mm-hmm. with people right so yeah. you know how people say there's your side their side and then there's the truth right a lot of that has to do with uh, per- perceptions. There's a, a, another saying that's going around these days, like, well, that's that's her reality. That's, mm-hmm. that's her truth. That's mm-hmm. their truth, right? Yeah. I think there's some validity to that. And there is some of it that is just a perception that is not really founded on, like, facts, like what actually is taking place. Mm-hmm. Um, some of that is actually, like, fake news, right? Um, I think about when uh, my team at work, right? So especially uh, I had a lot of... I've had a lot of experience with teams integrating. And when you are just getting to know people, there's a period where you have to like build trust. Trust is built. And especially in a remote environment where you can't like, you're not face to face to really get a sense of someone's tone and their mm-hmm. how they really are and what they're really going through and what they really mean. So when you come into like virtual settings, I'll use as an example. Um, and what let's say your camera's always off, maybe because you either have babies in the background or you're always having to take kids to, to work or maybe if it's for a religious reason. Right. But me being a new person, I don't really know that. And so I could be telling myself, this person doesn't like to meet with me. This person is not engaged or this right. person. So I'm telling myself all of these stories that for some reason tend to be negative mm-hmm. um, when really it has nothing to do with me or any of that. And so I coach my team through when we're integrating, especially I'm like early on, connect the dots for people. You can't make meetings. Don't just decline it. Put a little note like I have a meeting conflict or I have an appointment or connect the dots for people. I'm going off camera so I can eat lunch. I'm going off camera so I can have breakfast. I'm like, make make it plain so that no one has the time or the impulse instinct to tell a story that's actually not true. And then it severs the relationship for no reason. And so I'd love for us to just unpack that. Like, I know it's come up in our relationship. Uh, When we, our first date, as a matter of fact, you were telling yourself a story about what was actually going on versus like what was really going on. And I just thought it was, it warrants its own conversation because it really does show up in all of our relationships, every part of our life. And it'd be mm-hmm. just, I think, interesting to to talk about it. Real stuff. Uh, I was, I was thinking about what you were just saying about like connecting the dots for people. And as much as I believe in that, I also feel like there's a, a portion of uh, the responsibility that we have 
for ourselves about the stories that we tell ourselves. And I can't think of any situations where there is not a story that I'm telling myself about what is going on with a particular interaction. Um, and I, I think to your point, especially being having so much remote work now, having mm -hmm. so much, uh, so many of even me being back at work and participating on teams. Uh, one of the things that we tell our veterans and they tell all staff, like, have your camera on all mm -hmm. those things. Mm -hmm. And there are still people who just will not turn their cameras mm -hmm. on for anything. And I'm always telling myself, like, especially when my boss is on the meetings, like, why should not make this person turn the mm -hmm. camera on or why should not mm -hmm. do anything about that? And what I found a lot of times is that I still find myself making it about me. Mm. Right. And, and why not this person and not having not caring really about what this other person may have going on and just wondering why they won't just fall in line, why they won't just comply, why they won't just, you know, do this thing. And why is it that I always have to be the one that's doing the right thing? Yeah, that's real. And not only do we make it about ourselves, I know this has come up often a couple of times in our conversations about the four agreements and how like one of the agreements mm -hmm. really is like it's not about you. But it's, not only do we make it about ourselves, we then, for lack of a better word, almost villainize. That feels really strong. But we make it personal about the other mm -hmm. person instead of about the circumstance. So to mm -hmm. your point, we had a recent conversation about extending grace to people and wanting grace for ourselves. When it's about us, it, it could like we have the tendency to be like, oh, I'm just having a rough day or I got this circumstance going on that is impacting mm -hmm. how I'm showing up. When it comes to somebody else, we automatically go to it's because this is how that person is, mm -hmm. not necessarily thinking about the circumstance that they have going on. And so it really does behoove us like in, in interactions like I know I'm getting ahead of, of myself in terms of how to navigate through it, mm -hmm. but like to just stop and like assume good intent. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Before you start telling yourself. Uh, this story. So let's just let's, let's back up a little bit and make it plain for the people. And let's once again let's start with us. How has this shown up in your life, Scott Hayes? Please <laughs> it's, tell the people. It shows up in my life every day. Uh -huh. So I see you. You want to go back to our first date? Well, tell uh, them. Tell them what happened. So, Shatay and I agreed to meet um, on Valentine's Day. On Valentine's Day for. Um, it was supposed to be just a meetup. It wasn't really supposed to be a date. Neither one of us were really feeling Valentine's Day. Didn't believe in the hype of it, whatever. We're going to meet at this Mexican restaurant. And, you know, we'll have some drinks, have something to eat. In my mind, we were. And um, just kick it. So we get there, you know, we get the little free chips or whatever. We both order a drink. And uh, so I was like, okay. She, she looked like her picture. <laughs> All good. We met online. Right. And um, I'm ready to kick it a little bit more. I'm like, oh, this is good conversation. She cute. Let's kick it a little bit more. I say, hey, you know, we've had our drinks. Do you want to order some food? And this lady's like, nah, I think I'm good. That's not how it happened, but go ahead. Go ahead. And so I'm like, okay. I don't want no drinks with you either then. <laughs> So I proceed to get the check and we leave each other. I'm going to walk her to her car. Whole time in my mind, I'm like, dang, she must not think I'm cute. I know, I know I'm handsome. <laughs> so I ain't worried about it. As a matter of fact, I ought to just stay in here and catch me somebody up in here. But wow. I'm going to be a gentleman, walk her to her car. This is the story that I'm telling mm -hmm. myself. Get to her car. 
And this lady got like a oh, 1990-something. It is certainly not that. It's a 2006 Toyota Solera. I love that car. It did me so good. I, I think it's like a 1999 Toyota Solera. It's a 2006. It's this long beige oh car. And it's dirty. It's not dirty. Okay, so now he's just going all the way left, right? So anyway, but point? no. What I'm saying is, these were the things that I was telling my mind. Like, how dare she reject me mm-hmm. in this moment? And you got the nerve to be driving this old Solara oh, when you can get with this. car. I love that car. But anyway, I was telling myself all the bad things about her because she cut our date short. And shout out to Solaris. Um, can I just say actually what really happened? Yeah, absolutely. So I had I had recently moved back to uh, Atlanta, and at this point, I had been here about six months, transitioning to new line of work, and so I was being super frugal. I've had uh, experiences in the past where. And just be honest, I didn't know if the dude could afford the date and maybe I had to pick it up or whatever. And so I was being super frugal. I had already been like maxing out cards in terms of my transition and trying to like just be mindful of my spending. And so I did not want to assume that if we were to rack up this huge bill, that this man was going to be like, he was going to take care of it. I was like, I need to be prepared if something goes left that I can afford whatever or I want to pay for whatever I have consumed. So we have drinks, we have Free chips and salsa, having really good conversation. And in my mind, I was like, okay, like how much longer can I linger with this conversation without ordering food, without it being awkward? Because I just was like, I'm just not going to do meal. I can, like, I'm comfortable with drinks if I had to, if I had to pay. And so um, after a while, like we had drinks and had been talking for a little while and like it, it had been some time, like we finished drinks and like, we're still talking. And so then I was like, oh, you know, he ready to go? Like. It was just kind of that. He didn't even ask me want to eat. I was just like, this has been cool. Are you ready? Kind of <laughs> like basically we're wrapping this up and we took care. He actually took care of the bill. And I didn't ask if you wanted to eat. I don't remember that part. I just so, remember being like, are you ready see to me? go? Do but the point, the point is he told himself a story about being rejected when really it was about me governing myself, right? And my own finances and making sure that, you know. I could I could handle it should things go left because that that ladies back me up that stuff can happen like for real for real she never been with a baller that's what it is uh, baller <laughs> so yeah and yet here we are we talked yeah. all the noise made it about me rejecting him and really it had nothing to do with him at all actually and you know thinking about the impact that that could have had there was a, a a portion of that time where I was like. She getting the car, I ain't never calling her again. Because <laughs> how dare she not stay and have dinner with me? Mm-hmm. And that was the story I was telling myself about my own esteem, my mm-hmm. own worth. And, and that's what happens. Like people have their own situations in their own lives and their own stuff that they're navigating through. Yep. And it doesn't have anything to do with you. Yeah. Um, they've, you know, tried to carve out some space to include you in that moment or be in the space that they're in. And I think that's why it's so important to learn those lessons about like having grace for other people and saving space for folks. Because, you know, by the time you get finished telling yourself a story, you somewhere all the way left uh, and way off the mark with what it is that, that um, is the, the reality of the situation. Yeah. Like, 
it happens all the time. Like that's how it's showing up in our specific relationship. But I, I know I watch TV and I'm trying to think of a specific movie or a show or something. Okay. Okay. Here, here we go. Here's a good example. Um, Brown Sugar. So I shout out to all my 2000s uh, Black Love movies. I love them all. They're like my favorite movies. So um, Love Jones, even though I know that was the 90s. Love Jones, Love and Basketball, Brown mm-hmm. Sugar, The Wood, all of those early 2000s movies. I'm just like, yes, I can watch them over and over. And you do. And I do. <laughs> Brown Sugar, right? So um, Tay Diggs and uh, Nicole. Ari Parker. Ari Parker have their like breakup conversation mm-hmm. at the pool hall or at the place. They have drinks. Um, so now Lathan broke up with Boris Kojo. Mm-hmm. She's on her way back from her breakup conversation. She walks down the street. She sees Tay Diggs give Nicole Ari Parker a kiss on the cheek. She's in tears and she turns around and runs away, not knowing that that was like the end of her relationship. And then she just like, you know, like leaves. So what would have happened if Tay Diggs had not come back around to be like, I'm in love with you, and you know, like storm the, the mm-hmm. radio station? Like a lot of those things happen, especially in TV, where like you see one thing, not really knowing the truth of it, you react as a result, mm-hmm. and then what happens to the relationship? And of course, mm-hmm. because it's TV, it always comes back around mm-hmm. to a, re- a resolution. But I wonder, I often think like, but does that actually happen in real life? Do people mm-hmm. come back around and actually have the resolve? Or how often do we have folks like seeing a situation without stopping to ask more questions, without stopping to have a conversation? And what does it do to their relationships? Uh, I, w- I was saying, yeah, in the midst of you talking, uh, but you were actually asking, does it come back around? For a lot of people, it doesn't um, mm-hmm. because we we tell ourselves a story and it becomes our truth, yep. right? And sometimes we can make our truth the truth and operate from that place. And we never go back and have the conversation. I think at, at the heart of all of it is like, are we willing to have the difficult conversation? Am I willing to just ask the question and maybe get an answer that I don't want and just say, hey, I was, this happened. I felt this thing. Um, what I thought was this. What, right. What I saw or what I heard or what I felt in this moment was this thing and run the risk of being wrong or run the risk of it being absolutely right. And sometimes our fear of rejection and fear of um, not being accepted Mm -hmm. will allow us to just run with that narrative and miss out on some really great friendships, relationships, or opportunities to even support people. Because we have the narrative that we've we've uh, given ourselves, and that becomes the truth, uh, rather than just having difficult conversations. Yeah, and I don't even know if they have to be difficult. You know, like I know some situations they can be, but I don't know if they have to be. And and what happens is like we're just out here running on assumptions. Like mm-hmm. you're assuming you saw you took one reference point and then have told yourself an entire like built an entire story around one point mm-hmm. of data or one point of feedback. Versus like stopping to say, okay, like, well, what are what are the other parts of the story mm-hmm. that will give this more context or give it more color? And so um, it's, it's really unfortunate that that happens. And it just, I guess it's unfortunate in my opinion, because it doesn't have to. If we mm-hmm. just. And I guess that that makes me take a pause and think about the terminology I use when I say difficult. It's not that we're having difficult conversations. I think that sometimes it's just easy. 
to and run I, with our mm-hmm. own narrative rather than to use our words. Use your freaking words, grown people. <laughs> Just use them. But I'm it, it, it's difficult for me at times. It's it's easier for me to not and just say that I'm okay and say that uh, I understand it's all good. And really what I'm understanding is the story that I've told myself. Um, and it leads me to just easily say, you, you know, this is what it is for me. And I think I've talked about this before. When we were small and we used to play fight and that kind of stuff. When you play fighting with a cousin or play fighting with your brother or whatever, you know, y'all passing lists back and forth. Um, it's easy to do that because I can brace for the blow. Mm-hmm. Right. If you mess around and catch me off guard and I don't brace for it, then I absorb that the full weight of that blow. And I haven't had a chance to brace for it. I think the story that I tell myself uh, sometimes is me bracing for br- bad news. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the work that I've had to do, the internal work that I've had to do is learning to not always be thinking that it's going to be bad or something negative, right? And some, sometimes it can definitely be positive stuff, but I'm just so used to like having to prepare for bad news for some reason. Yeah. But those are my own stuck points, my own traumas that I have to deal with. And if I just prepare for it to be bad, then if something good happens, then that's great. But at least I prepared, mm-hmm. you know, and we um, had this conversation in my man cave group the other day about um, the way, especially men are um, socialized, um, even from the times we're in like Boy Scouts. One of the mottos is a good Boy Scout is always prepared. Mm-hmm. Right. You're always prepared for something bad to happen. Mm-hmm. As a man, you're supposed to always be prepared in case something bad happens. I always keep this amount of money on me in case something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. I always do this. I know how to do this in case, just in case, just in case. And it's never really in case something good happens. Yeah. Right. So if we're always prepared for something bad, then we have the story that we tell ourselves that it's probably negative. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just going to be prepared for whatever that blow is or not even give the person the opportunity to disappoint me. Mm-hmm. I can see that. It- but is that the case for everybody? Like, no. what, what? Why is it that most folks will automatically jump to a, the negative? Like, do you know what I mean? Instead of the positive. And I don't know that there's an answer to that because I don't think that situation is just specific to you. I think most folks would be like, oh, I guess. Yeah, I would have thought the same thing. Like, oh, you want to have dinner? Actually, I don't know if I would have thought that she weren't interested. I would have thought probably like, no one you ain't got no money. Yeah. <laughs> you must not been able to afford it. Or something, you know? Like, but why? I wonder why we don't automatically think like, oh, I wonder, I hope his family's okay. Or I hope, you know what I mean? I mm-hmm. hope, like, what if they had to run back to, to work? He must have had, we don't ever jump to those types of things. You know what it makes me think of? It, it makes um, me think of our friend Lola. Lola Troy. Um, mm. from Hill Black Joy mm-hmm. and the conversations that that um, we have with her and that she has on an ongoing basis about the relationship that we have with Joy mm. and mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. even being a black person in America, like the idea of having joy mm-hmm. and having it uninterrupted mm-hmm. sometimes can be foreign for us. Like yeah. what's the next thing I got to struggle through? Yeah, You know, is there um, this place in my life where I can just truly experience joy. And if I do experience joy, when is the other shoe going to drop? Yeah. You know, 
Shout out to Lola Troy and Heal Black Joy, all the work she's doing. Yeah. Yeah. And then you mentioned for Boating Joy, which is Auntie Brene. Like, shout out to Brene Brown and <laughs> the work she's doing around shame and, and that. Yeah. it. I, I, like we always say, it always comes back to our own whole wholeness and healing mm-hmm. and, and, and that kind of thing. So, yeah. 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 So then what's the haze of this? The stories... It could be either the haze of the stories that we tell ourselves, which I think we've already touched on a little bit, or like the haze of of breaking that habit. Um, for me, it is uh, making uh, a different habit. Um, starting to haze. deal with yeah, starting to deal with what I know my automatic thoughts are, mm-hmm. and we've we've talked about automatic thoughts here before. Those are the first things that come up for us when we are in the midst of an experience, mm-hmm. and actively having to change what those automatic thoughts look like, mm-hmm. or my response to those automatic thoughts. Yeah, when I experience something and I want to make it a bad thing, or I want to even make it about me, and it's somebody else involved trying to pull myself out of that thing and understand that this person got their own set of issues that they're dealing with that don't have anything to do with me. And the last thing that they need from me is my judgment mm-hmm. about what is going on in their life. Mm-hmm. And is there a space for me to find something positive um, to bring out for them or a way to support them in whatever it is that they may be going through? Because it, it definitely impacts the relationships that we have with people uh, about whether or not we approach situations from a standpoint of how can I support or uh, is there anything that you need or uh, and pulling myself out of the situation and, and finding a way to not make it about me. Yeah. Changing my response to those automatic thoughts. That's, that's the always going to be the haze for me because I always put myself in stuff. Um, and a lot of times I don't have no business there. It ain't about me. Yeah. Uh, I agree with that, breaking those automatic thoughts. And I would even go further and say breaking the automatic patterns, like the mm-hmm. automatic behavior that comes after it. So for me, that would be shut down or most times I'm moving really quickly. And so because I'm moving so fast, uh, there's a lot of uh, room for error when you move that quickly. Mm-hmm. So the haze for me, I don't know if it's so much as a haze or it's like an intentional practice that like just requires literally energy to do it. Effort to do it is to slow down. Like, okay, maybe I'm moving too fast, especially when you're exchanging things through like chat or email. And now I'm talking back to work and something I could like read something the wrong way and be like, Mm -hmm. you know, immediately want to go into my angry Kermit Mm -hmm. when really I just need to like. You want to angry Kermit. I love that. It feels like my spirit (laughs) meme. Um, Just to like, okay, wait, actually, let me just pause. Mm -hmm. Let me like take a second. Let me reread it or let me reassess what I'm thinking. And if maybe I'm wrong, and if I'm not wrong, what do I want to do with that information? Yeah. Or either way, what I want to do with it. So the pause, like slowing down is a haze. I would say um, uh, getting curious, not furious is a haze. So mm, like nice. being able to like, okay, let me not immediately get upset. Let me ask more questions. Like, mm-hmm. can you explain what you meant by this? Or like, what were you thinking when? Like, you know, like and finding the language to not be furious mm-hmm. when actually you might be feeling it. Like basically taking steps to make sure that you're not fracturing the relationship is a haze because your immediate response will be to like, just feel how you feel and Mm -hmm. then act accordingly. For me, it's like a shutdown Mm -hmm. or like, you know, um, hot words, you know, and like just actually taking a step back so that you can protect the relationship is a haze. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I think our um, inkling a lot of times is to, you know, get furious yeah. and not curious. Mm-hmm. And it takes some investment in relationship to be curious and, and setting the tone of like, at baseline, I know that this person means well. Uh, to believe that assuming people are coming from a, right, mm-hmm. a, assuming good intent, uh, especially in the world that we live in currently. Yeah. Uh, we just are always on guard now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you look at the news, you will always be on guard yeah. and so always ready to protect your home and yourself and all of those types of things. And they can, it can, uh, it can just end up being a really bad thing for us when we're always in protective stance or in protective mm-hmm. mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't give people a chance to just be who they are and assume good intent and move forward. Yeah. That all of that is a haze. And I know I think even through some of this, we've talked about like how to navigate through it, but any additional thoughts there we've mentioned already, like connecting the dots for other people so mm-hmm. that they don't have an opportunity to tell the story to themselves if we need more information to connect the dots for ourselves, stopping to ask those questions, um, anything else, slowing down honestly is a way to not navigate it. And it's also a haze. Like anything else that like, really, I think at the end of the day, it's like, is can the thinking or the question be like, what would it take for me to protect or honor this relationship above like being right? right or relationship comes up often in our conversations like mm-hmm. is there a way and i think at our first thoughts aren't to protect the relationship our first thoughts are to protect ourselves mm-hmm. so and that that's really it um pulling me out of it mm-hmm. um, because when you're in relationship it it doesn't have to be that i'm 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 dying to what it is that mm-hmm. i need it is that i am seeking first to understand Mm-hmm. rather than to be understood, right? I want to try to understand what this other person is going through and so that we can navigate the relationship together, mm-hmm. right? Because at the end of the day, I want us to be in relationship. Yeah. I want us to be able to figure it out because they, there will be um, intersections mm-hmm. of, of thought, uh, of how my day is going, all of the different layers of things that add on to you know, what my particular system may be going through at that time is going to intersect with what you're going through and your whole person and how uh, your whole person is interacting with the world mm-hmm. and those intersections. And what I'm saying is I I, I choose you at the end of the day mm-hmm. uh, and I want to make sure that uh, I understand what you're going through so we can try to navigate it together. Yeah. And I also want to be clear that sometimes you we might not should mm-hmm. like protect the relationship. And I think that's a whole other conversation about how do you know when, you know, you've done all that you can to protect the relationship and it's still like, and you yeah. need to let it go. So that's a, another part of it. But I think in terms of first response, right? How can we like slow down, chill out, not climb up? What does Brene Brown call it? I think it's like ladder of inference or ladder, something she says when basically mm-hmm. you have one, I saw this one kiss on the cheek, mm-hmm. right? And I thought that the day was over. I thought they had, you know, broken up. I saw this one kiss on the cheek and I immediately like it's over with, you know, my feelings are gone. I have no chance anymore. I'm just going to like ignore him and not talk anymore. Like, how do you get from seeing that one thing to like all these other, this entirely different story? Um, Yeah. Like, how do we break that 
that cycle. Yeah. That pattern. And we just we just have to be intentional about um wanting more than the one data point to mm-hmm. use your to use your um because you can't even if you're playing a, a simple game of connect the dots, you need more than one dot mm-hmm. right to make a connection. Mm-hmm. And so if I think about that in terms of human connection, I need more than one thing about you to make any type of connection. Mm-hmm. You know, and so if we're gonna do it in that way, then I need more than this point. I need to know this point, this point, this point, this point in order to connect the dots for things to make Get back sense. For y'all. <laughs> I can't with you. Connect four. That's almost like you have loose associations. <laughs> about ready to diagnose you with schizophrenia. Babe, <laughs> I, I, hate it. I hate it so much. Connect Re- for you. Re- rebuke that. That's what you just said. Connect this, that, and this, that, and this, that, and this, that. That's immediately what I was thinking. Connect for. That's good. Though. You might have are. to explain what loose associations are. Though. Like, what does that mean? When a person is talking about, like, one thing and you kind of loosely associate it with something else that's a little bit different. But it's related. Is, and is loose associations like right. a bad thing? Is it like a negative connotation? A little bit. Really? That's okay. I know a lot of people. I don't want to say where. I know a lot of people who do that, actually. You'd be like, it's wait, okay. how are we talking about this? We'll work with you. I know some doctors. We can get you some medication. Oh, you know, going somewhere. <laughs> but no, really, just to, just being able to have more than, than one data point. Yeah. Um, more than one point of reference when you're trying to connect, I think is you know, how we do it. Mm -hmm. Give ourselves the space and the time and the energy and the investment in the relationship to be able to connect. Mm -hmm. Investment in the relationship is real. Investment in the truth. Any lessons you've learned around this? Clearly we together still, so (laughs) hopefully you've learned something. Ooh. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Not in that way. Do you see how you just took it one way the down? energy. I'm <laughs> saying uh, after you told yourself the story about our first date and it turned out to be absolutely not true. And now here we are on the other mm-hmm. side of a marriage, right? Um, four years together, two, four plus years together, two plus years married. Any other learnings around stories on your end? That they will always be here, uh, but that uh, when you're in relationship, you need to ask more questions. Mm, like mm-hmm. we we have the right to get our our questions answered. Uh, we need to seek clarity, mm-hmm. and that that will always help you navigate the space better. Yeah. Uh, whether you, you know, to your point that, you know, this is, you're not going to always be able to put a nice, pretty bow on things, but it still will help you navigate the space. Yeah. Right. One of the things that I tell my veterans is it definitely is, is not the blowing of the wind. It's the setting of the sail. Mm-hmm. Right. So the wind is going to do what the wind is going to do. I get to set my sail. And so I get to ask questions, get the truth. And then I know how to navigate. Mm-hmm. That's really what it's about. Learning how to navigate, you know, life and love and relationship with, with folk mm-hmm. that you care about. Just learn how to navigate it. Get all the information first. Mm-hmm. Y'all, though. Like, yeah, I like that. Getting all the information and then navigating, navigating it from, mm-hmm. um, from there. Uh, I was just about to think of, uh, I had a thought about mm-hmm. that. Crap, and it's it's uh, going away. I was trying to think of some other situations in our specific lives or relationships where 
the stories uh, come up. And the only thing, uh, I lost the thought, but the thread that I was pulling on was, um, you know, sometimes we hear each other in conversations with family members or friends or whatever, and then we hear one part of a conversation mm-hmm. and then be like, you know, kind of frown up at mm-hmm. it. And like, when you get off the phone, I, I know for me, when I've heard it happen to like, I've heard you say something, and I'm like, you know, what is that? What does he mean? You know, mm-hmm. I already like, <laughs> Uh, made up your mind, uh, made my mind and like been hot almost for a second and then finally I asked a question like let me wait let me ask him the mm-hmm. question when he gets off the phone and then I'm like oh okay like that's what it was right mm-hmm. so it still happens I think in little ways um, but the point is like just just ask a question yeah asking all the questions mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so what does this feel like what is your music for the moment the song that uh, came to mind for me, the vibe that came to mind for me, uh, were the Temptations. Just my imagination. Mm. Running away. Right? Um, right? Shout out to the Temptations and the whole old school playlist we have on Spotify. But right. just feels like that. Like, mm-hmm. you told the story, the song. I'm sure everybody knows it. But, you know, they in love and you know, whole relationship. Mm-hmm. She don't even know that man. <laughs> <laughs> Just my imagination. Once again, once again, as my grandmother says. Running so yeah, running away with me. So that that is basically the stories we tell ourselves. And this mm-hmm. situation just happens to be a quite lovely story and right. uh, fantasy. And actually that could be a visualization. Like maybe that's something we could talk about, but mm-hmm. um, trying to visualize his, his woman. But this, uh, the point of it is like, there's something going on in your mind. That's actually not what really happened. Right. So how do, yeah. How do we, invest more when it comes to relationships how do we invest more energy more effort more time into like getting to the ruta ruta to the tuta of the the situation yes ma'am without jumping off all right any other thoughts to add here just that it is important that we um peel back the layers mm-hmm. uh and have discussion and figure things out based on like facts and not um our own human frailty mm. um the the those automatic thoughts that you, can just lead us down a dark road it's important to have factual data mm-hmm. and um be able to navigate based on that yep just say no to automatic thoughts automatic behaviors mm-hmm. pause ask more questions yeah i love that um, well, this is, I'm glad we've unpacked this a little bit. So now mm-hmm. anytime, uh, the stories we tell ourselves come up in our other conversations, we have a point of reference. We'll, we'll bring it back here where we've unpacked it. Mm-hmm. Um, we appreciate y'all joining us. If yeah. you are watching us on YouTube, make sure that you like, and subscribe. If you are streaming from Spotify, Apple, or Google podcasts, please, all of them, all of them please, uh, like, and leave us a review. Um, yeah, let, let let us know how you feel about uh, the conversations we have. And uh, we greatly appreciate you. Mm-hmm. And with that, like we always say, life will always present us with a haze. But you, me, we, us, everybody, mm-hmm. we have everything that we need within us to navigate through it. That's right. And you're not alone. Mm-hmm. So join us next time and every time. Mm-hmm. And we're going to take the journey together. 
Let's do this thing, y'all. We appreciate y'all. Peace. Peace.